0: Get on the train. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Cribbing Ain't Easy here on the Rogue Opinions podcast. And I am one of your hosts, one half of Team Golf, Scott McLeod. And we are here for something that me and my co-hosts have been waiting for for a long time. And I've been getting more and more excited about it, the more we've talked about it, the more trailers are came out, the more we've done episodes of the character and stuff like that. We're here for the first two episodes of Ahsoka on Disney+, and we definitely have a lot to say about this. And of course, with me... To, to join it. you know the first episode is called master and apprentice which is funny because this man has tried to claim that he is he is my friend he claims that he is the anakin to my ahsoka the Balin, skull to my shin hati <laughs> after multiple attempts and multiple trailers i finally remembered those two dark jedi characters names after finally watching this episode he is carl pierce of course hello carl
1: Hello, yeah. I think it's more to do with the fact I'm just a lot older than I'm actually the master, because when it comes to podcasting, I have no idea what I'm doing most of the time, let's be honest.
0: He pretends he does, and he says it with enough, I think if he says it with enough conviction, then you'll believe it also.
1: <laughs> that's the idea, that's the idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, me and Carly, you're exploring our way through the first episode of Ahsoka, like Asuka and Sabine Wren are on their journey to find Ezra Bridger. And the man who was supposed to join us today for the first episodes, but is not here, but hopefully we'll be back for subsequent episodes, our very own Ezra Bridger, Rhys Saunders, as he's been trapped in the world between real life and podcasting.
1: <laughs> I think, I think Rhys is more of a Grand Admiral Thrawn, to be to be honest with you. Because you just know when he, he joins, he, he'll want to take over. Mm-hmm.
0: And he'll be told this isn't Rank Bank, (laughs) Reese. Oh, good, Honestly, when I when I made the the mere suggestion of hosting the WWE Champions edition of Rank Bank, he responded as if I insulted generations of his family.
1: (laughs) You would think he was an only child, but he isn't. (laughs) It just—it makes no sense.
0: (laughs) Some people just can't share. That's that's the issue. Mm.
1: Clearly. <laughs> yeah.
0: But we're here. We would have waited around, but we also kind of really wanted to get this out fairly quickly because, well, we're known for being behind the ball sometimes at Oroga but also we want to get our thoughts out there because we have a lot of them out there about Ahsoka and out to you and plenty of time before I go off to, to Wembley. So by the time you're hearing this, I'm probably already on the plane to, to London for all in weekend.
1: You're going by plane? Yeah. Wow, what <laughs> the hell, Scott, Scott in his Learjet on his way to Wambilay, <laughs> Tony can't pay in for
0: this. Well, I'm going by Lear, I'm going by EasyJet rather than Learjet, so no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I could get the train down, but that takes longer, you know, you can get, like, you can get down to like an hour and a half. You know,
1: It's pro- probably cheaper on EasyJet as well, actually, they wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, probably. And plus, I'm, plus, no one, no, all well, England as a whole, from what I keep hearing, especially London, there's, there may or may not be a train strike on this weekend, I don't know. So, best to be safe when you go down there. But also, gets us to London sooner, which means more time for drinking. <laughs> that's what we really care about. <laughs> that's the
1: important stuff. I don't know. This
0: is more than just all this, this is my fucking holiday. This is the closest thing to abroad I'll be getting this year.
1: Just make sure when you're on the plane, there's no members of the Wagner group on on
0: there. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're here. A, a cover. the so because even though know, Reese isn't here, uh, we do have some points from him. He wasn't maybe wasn't as big a fan of of these two episodes. Not, I wouldn't say he hated the episodes. He just wasn't as impressed. And I think he puts that down to certain expectations that he had. Uh, I've got a few bullet points here that is left for us here. Here's my points. Lightsaber Battles are clunky. If you haven't watched Rebels, you really want to understand the characters. Positive sides. I like the droid and the green lady interaction. That's chopper in here if you didn't know. David Tin is great and Rosara Dawson is a perfect choice to play older, wiser Sokitano. I agree with those positive bits, I don't agree with the other bits. <laughs> uh I won't immediately tell you you're wrong. We'll wait till those moments come up that you referred to, and then we'll talk about them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you here, but, um, Scott. I, I do, I do take his point. With um, you, you do sort of need to watch Rebels to really understand the, the characters. You can't come in cold, but I think it will leave you with a lot of gaps and a lot of questions. And they probably should have called it, perhaps. Rebels season five, and then subtitled it Ahsoka, ah, perhaps, because even as you said before, Felony has admitted it is basically Rebels season five, and it sort of—well, we'll get to it when we get to it, but it sort of picks up from there as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I did see it as I was watching it. There are several ones I probably appreciate more because I've seen Rebels, mm. but because I've seen Rebels, I don't care. I find it hard to care for the people who had not seen it, but I can understand what it's like if you haven't seen it. Plus, I think the in with Ahsoka and everything, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch all four seasons of Rebels, but if you don't have the time to, I'm sure there are places out there that will recommend key episodes, because I'm sure there are just a few key episodes that will tell you here's who the group are, here's where Ahsoka's role was within the group, here's who Thrawn was, and you can kind of miss out bits and pieces here, because... Especially for me, in the second, first and second season, they did get up episodic for a little while. I was like episodic, episodic, it was here's throne, episodic, Inquisitors, episodic.
1: I mean, to be fair to Disney Plus, they did do a little, <clears throat> excuse me, they did do a little sort of section on the app, um, Ahsoka sort of mm-hmm. best or most important episodes. So if you were curious enough, you 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 could watch those, and they might. I didn't, I mean I didn't because I watched them anyway, but I'm assuming those episodes, they sort of list, they list in a bit of a, a line or a block, um, would give you enough information, so you were going into the the new live action series cold, but I'd be very surprised if there's a huge, there's probably one or two, but I'd be very if there's a huge amount of people who haven't watched um, Rebels that watch so good to be honest.
0: I mean, if you're, like, following along just current stuff as it's coming out in the Star Wars world, like Mandalorian and stuff like that, then, yeah, maybe you may not know a lot about so before she popped up in the series. Because, maybe, like, because like, I remember you said about not watching the Clone Wars cartoon before, like, the lockdown because, you know, you may assume you know, mm-hmm. it's a cartoon it's only for kids. And I assume that's probably what I love. other people have thought that maybe they haven't taken the time to watch Clone Wars. Like, I've been trying to tell my older brother to watch Clone Wars to get more into Ahsoka but I do have to keep reminding them, it gets better after the first series. <laughs> because, because the first series, especially there are certain points in the first series where they keep insisting, no, George is still an important character. He isn't.
1: I mean, a lot of first series can be a bit sort of slow and to get going because, base, I mean, I find out with the first Game of Thrones series, and although it's still really good, it, it's basically a set that first series is basically the setup, where everything that happens for the rest of it, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think I mentioned it during our favorite TV shows, but that especially with comedies, a lot of their, a lot of them for them, for a lot of them, their worst series is probably their first one, because they're still finding kind of their mm. group and establishing who everybody is, and that's that, I and mean, it's not a bad thing, but clearly those shows did enough to get second series and they obviously improved but that's the same with anything you'll improve with a lot of things the more you do it and as time goes on definitely the the points about the lightsabers i have a counter to that because i was thinking about something to do with that lightsaber part while i was watching uh, the ending of the first episode but uh, we'll get into that but yeah, I was in the office all day, I came in, my dog had been left on his own for a couple of hours, had to take him out, feed him, make sure he settled in before I could properly settle down and watch the episodes. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I get and anticipate, like, new stuff with Star Wars, like, I anticipate like Mandalorian and everything, but I felt the same of this as I did with, like, Kenobi. Because, <laughs> well, Kenobi, I didn't think I'd ever see Hugh McGregor back in Star Wars, and then the more I've talked about this leaning into it, the more I've got excited, as I said, and more I've remembered how much I loved like the cartoons and everything. So I was properly hyped for this, although we were a bit, you know, twindled, Carl, because we saw a tweet that said coming out Tuesday, but we realised Tiny Difference played a part in that.
1: Yeah, I was going to get to that because that is my major gripe. They've been tweeting for a good four or five days that premieres Tuesday. But not if you're in the UK, it doesn't. It's still Wednesday because because I thought it would be like Mandalorian just hits, hits there in the morning, but they're trying to make a, perhaps because ratings have been down a bit on some of their other shows, a big event out of it, and it's 6 p.m. Pacific time, which in UK time is 2 a.m. in the morning on Wednesday. So I think it's about time... America has a bit more um, respect for its international audience because you know we have to put up with it with the wrestling being on its stupid o'clock here at the UK. So you know, just remember, just remember that this is a worldwide app. That there, there, there is a bit more to the world than America. So you know, try and get your try and get your facts right when you when you're doing these things. I
0: know. Eventually, comes to the rest, and I, I do leave When I see like South American city, like oh, it's only at, like five or seven in the UK because it's in a show in the UK. Oh, that means it'll be X amount of time in the morning when I'm watching. Like, so
1: yeah, good because we get we get this like at, um ten out of twelve pay per views, and it's only the other one or two that that we get at a regular. You know, we can watch it at a regular time. Mm-hmm.
0: Like shows like all in there coming up, you know. Pretty sure like the zero hours may start at five. UK 10, and the main show starts at six. So you know that's the UK getting its own back.
1: And, and th- this is all then. You're you're gonna be sat down for a long, long time.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I will. And hey, these shows go along, But then I hear like, oh, Wembley's got a curfew, which I think some people said it's like ten thirty. I'm like. We'll be lucky if we're on the main event by ten thirty. No, tony totally can yeah.
1: Those seats are not comfortable. I'd bring a pile cushion or something with you. If I, <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: I'm being serious.
0: It's like one other time before in terms of like streaming getting it wrong because I remember when in 2015 when Daredevil was the first season Daredevil was going to drop. It said, "Oh, it's coming on midnight this time." Not realizing at the time it was uh, midnight in America, which would have made it like five in the morning here. Me and my brother had stayed up. We brought, we got in a bunch of food that we were going to have. try and watch at like, least the first two episodes, like uh, late at night, and then we got to about eleven thirty when we suddenly realized, "Oh shit!" They mean in America, don't they? We're not going to be able to watch it till tomorrow. So we had to awkwardly just. So Make sure we let all our stuff in the fridge and went to fucking bed so we could watch it in the bloody morning, ruined our entire evening. I oh,
1: know. And I was say when when these things are a worldwide a worldwide app, which Disney Plus is, they're gonna they've gotta remember not everybody's gonna be able to watch these things on the day they're scheduling it for if they're gonna put it on at somewhere like six o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you know, so they should say, i they did say Pacific times, so you know I did cut a number. But that was that was only the day before. Before that, they were just saying um, comes comes to uh, streaming on Tuesday, and then the, the day before, all of a sudden, six p.m. Pacific times bolted on. But anyway, we'll be here all day. Let's get to the let's get to the program in hand. And my goodness, yeah. does does it start with a really good opening scene?
0: Oh yes, yes it does. I mean, we're, I'm also happy given that we waited so far that we got two episodes, and I was happy when I sat to see the run times, like 54 minutes including credits mm. uh, for the first one, ever, and just shy of 45 minutes I think for the second one. And as I said before, you know you got like, eight episodes in this series, so uh, a lot's probably going to have to happen. So and it does feel like a lot's been set up, and the main kind of quest for like a word of this series. It's finally, a bit of start as the second episode ends, so hoping that means less filler than what some people complained about from like recent stuff in the Mandalorian. Mm. So, grabbing all that, getting a lot of stuff you know done in the time that they have. We have the opening of it, you know, the usual bit flashing by the helmets. You got chopper, and then it ends on a Mandalorian helmet. You imagine that's Sabine's helmet, and then. Something we haven't seen in a long time. We get an opening crawl, in this, and I, mm. I was sitting on my own in my house, but I'm jumping up and doing my bed like, "Oh, that's the opening crawl."
1: <laughs> and in red letters to n- nail home how
0: bad things are. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just, I mean, it was weird to seeing it roll. Up normally, not the big, a uh, big typical Star Wars but it was still exciting because. You know, falling on from the from the Clone Wars and everything that's soaked has been in. I think I've got the crawl here, Ted. The evil Galactic Empire has fallen and a new republic has risen to take its place. However, sinister agents are already working out a mind of fragile peace. I just imagine the guy from the Clone Wars reading this out in his dramatic voice. <laughs> a plot is underway for the lost Imperial granddaughter to move and bring him out of exile. <laughs> Uh, presumed dead, rumours are spreading that thrawn's return from galvanizing pure red men start another war. Former Jedi uh, Jedi Knight, Ahsoka Tower, captured one of Thrawn's allies and learned of a secret map which is vital to the enemy's plan. Ahsoka is now, now, now as our prisoner. Morgan Elsbeth, is transferred to the new Republic for trial. <laughs> yeah, so that's give you a sense of like here's what happened at the end of that episode of she was introduced in the Mandalorian and here's where how that's fitted into this episode here. As soon as I heard she's on a public like transport yet, but I remember some of the clips we'd seen in the trailer, like, uh, I think I know what's going to happen here.
1: Yeah. I, I like the fact um, in, in this opening bit, we get a bit of a, almost like a, a role reversal. It's the it's the bad guys using a, an old code that just about checks out, which mm-hmm. if you go back to the movies, that's sort of what... Um, the the good guys did. It's an old it's an old imperial code, but it still checks mm-hmm. out. And, and <laughs> yeah. after the crawl, you get um, the opening of the uh, the good guy spaceship, where in uh, mm-hmm. the films you get uh, a star destroyer. So I quite I quite like the way that they sort of played with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And
0: look, we well, got Morgan. Uh, uh, I, I was so happy with that when I learned it and I forgot I gave him. Girl. Yeah, Baelin's Girl and his apprentice appearing on, on their cloaks on, the sh- on this ship. So you need to be friendly, at least at first. A lot of people have got a lot of parallels to this, like them coming on board. it okay, like when Obi-Wan and qui mm, come on with exactly, their heads up yeah. at the start of Fenton. that as a Phantom Menace. And then, but it, this guy's clearly not buying it, that they're even Jedi's is everything. And quite quickly he's like, ah, oh, screw this and he's a player, he starts grabbing early so we he was slashing people down. The guy reaches for his blaster and he just uses the force to stop him, and he goes, Well, you're right about one thing. We are no Jedi
1: Oh yeah. And we, we get a bit of uh, clunky lightsaber action to to start off the program. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like I liked it, Just that's very especially when he's he just walking down the the corridors kinda like Vader in that scene from yeah. on Rogue One, just kind of just not even just using his legs they were force jokes and throwing people out of the way. Like it's not even like, it's not meant to be fancy, not meant to be choreographed. It's just like we're just gonna hear it kill a bunch of people, like kill everyone on board.
1: Yeah, he's he's he's, he's so right for this role, um, as the late Ray Stevenson. He he's he's got that imposed imposing stature. Um and the beard makes him look even more sort of Sort of Grown and imposing as well, and yeah, he's 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 just perfect to play this sort of dark Jedi or whatever, or mer- or maybe even mercenaries. Because uh, as I say, they the he arrives at, um what appears to be a servant uses the force to unlock lock it and there is who, who we first knew as the magistrate in mm-hmm. uh mandalorian season two episode the jedi uh she, we now know her full name it is morgan Elsbeth. um uh, she said "Oh, bail in school you were true to your word and he says yes i'm well paid for it
0: mm-hmm. yeah the uh he clearly was a Jedi at some point, I think, because he does. Although there's those trailers that reference him knowing Anakin Skywalker, so he does have that history. And although there's the analysis that they do of his lightsaber, because the droid that they have, voiced by Daita, used to he's seen in the Clone Wars cartoon helping young younglings like build their lightsaber. So really, at some point, the droids encountered him. But obviously, the his apprentice is someone he's he's picked up along his travels. Obviously, they don't belong to the Republic or the Empire, but, you know, they'll still be compensated for their work.
1: And why not?
0: Why not? You know, it's like the Joker said, you know, if you're good at something, never do it for free.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's not wrong.
0: (laughs) And then, of course, you've got Ahsoka uh, following a lead uh, that she got from Morgan Elizabeth. When she implies later on that it's potentially by torture that she got... This information from, she uh, we to this planet and there's, there's these ruins around there, uh, which uh, Morgan Elizabeth references later on were built by her ancestors, and she named the Night Sisters of Dathomir.
1: Yeah, so she's like um, a descendant or part of the part of the Night Sisters at some point from mm-hmm. from what she sort of suggests in that. So that sort of makes her, her character a bit more intriguing.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I would say the next were were introduced well, I think they were introduced another medium, but they were I mainly mean, just for a lot of people in the Clone Wars, you know, Death and also being the home planet of Darth Maul, who Ahsoka's had mm. several run ins with over the over the years. But Soka does that, that scene we saw in the trailers are using our lightsaber and the force to cut the hole through in the ground and then finding this key which the same thing holds a map to wherever thrones has been held and they think by extension where Ezra Bridger is. And looking at this, I I've, I've said this a couple of times when we watch shows and a scene comes up and like, Oh, this is looking like something like a video game, but which is moving kind of the the post to, to cause these lights to come on to point in the direction of where the map is or the key is. It's like there, every game I play, there's always a, a level like this, like you must move these objects in a certain order to unlock the next bit. Like, a lot of people said this seems like a level out of Tomb Raider.
1: Yeah, I I thought something similar. It did seem very sort of... One of those, like, annoying video game puzzles you you get where you spend about half an hour trying to work out what you're supposed to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you Uh, just go onto YouTube to find out, how the fuck do I do this puzzle?
0: (laughs) when she, when she finds it, she comes back up and there's a HK assassin droid there, and then a few of them, a few more kind of surround her. She, I guess, where she drops back into the hole and then cuts the ground from a couple of, of, of them. Up. She uses her lasers to cut out the ground from hole, causing some of them to fall into the pit she was just in, and leaps back out to take out the ones that are still on the ground. So she's not taking them all in at once, but she's dividing and conquering basically, and she quite with ease takes out these droids.
1: Yeah, she doesn't have too much trouble taking out taking out these droids, and maybe if you you feel like some of the lightsaber action is a bit clunky, you got to remember she's fighting robots at this point or droids. It's not like another human combat combatant.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but after she defeats a couple, they start their their self destruct sequence, so just uh, make they make a run for it, get back to your ship uh, before they blow up. She, she calls it to uh, the the droid that's on the shore again. As I said, voiced by David Tennant to load the bridge so she can get back on. And he's like, "Where where were you? I was keeping a safe distance."
1: <laughs> yeah, when on the ship, she sort of argues with him that perhaps if you'd have stayed a bit closer, your uh, communication would have would have broke up. And he argues back that you know he's just a, a service droid, and you know. To someone to be proper backup to you as as a job of a paddle <laughs> one. <laughs>
0: and she's right writing, you know, the Jedi Order doesn't exist anymore. I, I think is the name of the, the droid. Mm. And and we to you like, Oh like, how did you I said it you, implies the torture went, How did you get the information? Let's just say I didn't follow protocol. <laughs> <laughs> and then She's got the message from from Herda to come to the ship to so they can inform her what happened with the the release of Morgan Elsbeth, And she's the messenger as Fulcrum on their comms, which was mm. her handle during the during Rebels where she was revealed at the end season one as a the secret informant helping helping out the rebels. And and then we got to Lothal, a big important planet in the, the can of rebels and we have this uh, ceremony which is said to be honoring Ezra Bridger, and we get a cameo I wasn't expecting here. Uh, I didn't even know that Clancy Brown apparently did voice this character in the Clone Wars. I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. Bit.
1: You did, didn't you? Yeah, I forgot all about that as well. But you, you've got to have a bit of Clancy Brown in these things.
0: <laughs> and also, he has other links to I mentioned Molly and uh, he appeared in the Clone Wars, did uh, Clancy Bird voice in. Mol's mm. um, brother, Avajo Press, as well. So he's got his links to, to Star Wars, but you know they want Sabine to come out and say a few words in honor of Ezra and everything, but uh, she's decided, no, that's not that's not quite my thing. And she has a sequence where these these pilots are chasing her down on her speeder bike, but she mm. she manages out with them and quickly escape And people have commented on the music that they play over, which is a bit different from Star Wars—a lot more rock esque. The music that they play in this scene.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I quite, I quite liked it. Whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just living in basically the same tower that Ezra was living in uh, during the Clone Wars. I also, love all the detail of the of the mural that they got, and like how everyone's designed, very much identical to how they were designed in animation.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is pretty much absolutely identical, like you say, and. Um so is a lot of the, the scenery in the fall, to be fair, the to the radio tower that she's, abandoned radio tower that she's living in and, and whatnot. And we even see, I think, that we see the real star of the show that we can all agree in, the loaf Cat or Loafcat, I'm not too sure <laughs> on the correct pronunciation. Yeah, uh,
0: usually the same kind of mix of like, CJ and, animat- and puppetry mm. and everything, you know, Star Wars of kind of puppets and sing amateur things like that. Like well as far back as the original but they use the same methods of mixing that with CGI that they used to yeah. like look so life like in the in the Mandalorian. So I like that, you know they can use CG in a lot of aspects of like shows like Star Wars, but there's a there's a lot of effects that look really practical, like not just that, but like you see the effects of you know making turning Maryland to Winstead Winston Zardos and any of these characters that we've seen in an animation, everything making the detail look good. So the, I must say the effects across these two episodes are just absolutely outstanding.
1: They are. it Green's big budget. It's like it is like watching a mini movie. And I would say, um, in fact I should have it out. The practical effects used on the original Star Wars trilogy hold up better than a lot of the CGI used only you know ten years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. it's weird like when you look at behind the scenes footage from that one and then especially when you watch behind the scenes documentaries, because they did a bunch of that for the mm. prequel trilogy and all of scenes is here's a here's the floor bit and above a wall from the scene that you remember and everything else around is blue screen just <laughs> a blue screen everywhere Like or like in the Hobbit trilogy where you had Ian McKellen had his set and a green screen that's from everyone else because he was maybe taller than everyone else and all the other dwarves and he almost had a breakdown that he was because he was sick of acting against no one.
1: yeah it can <laughs> it can be quite test then
0: mm-hmm. but again an appreciation for people and their effects and everything you know less compared to like the cg we were talking about with fucking seeker invader. then people who put effects, people and people like that and along with the writers and everything they're fighting for their pr- proper being the strike thing this is why you should support people like that because Otherwise, you can't use rely on AI to make effects like this. Exactly. But yes. That aside, we have her hanging around in the uh, in that tower. She's listening back to a message from Ezra that he her before the events of the, the finale when he knew what he was going to do. Mm. And you do see what she's kind of moving around her stuff. But where it pans down and behind a bunch of stuff. You see her Mandalorian helmet. It's got, like, covered in dust.
1: Yeah. And some uh, just does get explained uh, towards the end of the second episode. One of the things that's confusing me is that Sabine's, Sabine's got um, long hair in this. And I thought, well, sure. I, I'm sure I remember at the end of Rebels, she's got really short hair. So has it grown that much? I mean, it's, uh, is there some sort of time lapse? But uh, thankfully, the, the, these two episodes. Make sense of all that, so I needn't have worried.
0: Yeah. So, and, uh, but she does later see Ahsoka's ship coming over. So then that, that's when they have their their reunion, which is a bit tense. Of course, you can tell that Soka, you know, feels like she should, you know, which really only goes to to uh, so be mainly because Hera tells her to, because we can tell. I you know, the imply implies st- stuff that happened. But maybe we'll we'll hear more about uh, like their time together when they were out searching for Ezra. She took Sabine on as her apprentice, and clearly, maybe they didn't have the best teacher-student relationship.
1: No, man, no, perhaps not. But uh, yeah, perhaps she's getting a taste of what she put Anakin through. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because
0: like she does have a conversation with her after you know she shows them that to Sabine, which Sabine asks if she can take it to look over because. She thinks she can help read it. tells her not to, but she ends up sneaking away with it anyway. And you know, we oh, i sure you, but you're a master Thurla, and she's just says, "I walked away from Anakin before he could complete my training."
1: Yeah, but when she tells her not to to leave the ship with the map, you, you could have bet your yeah, whole entire bank balance, your house, your mum's house, your granddad's house uh, <laughs> she was going to disappear and take the map home and get into some sort of
0: trouble mm-hmm. yeah and uh, we'll come back to the trouble she gets and later on but we do see you know the the uh, back of the ruins we have the dark Jedi along with Morgan Ellsworth and you know Failin's apprentice. Uh she, she doesn't immediately seems like she doesn't trust uh Morgan as soon as she hears the, the connection to the to the night sisters and everything, like, Oh, well, you're a witch and everything. And she's like, What what's she what about fate and everything and how they're gonna bring back so and she's like, What 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 is this? What's this is witch thing? She's she's spinning and everything and he's to like that's well, not witchcraft she's talking about. But also she, he's joined by some mysterious person dressed as an inquisitor with an inquisitor a lightsaber referred to simply as Marek uh, I don't think we've hear, heard of him before, a lot of people compared him to the design of Inquisitor called the Eighth Brother who did appear in Rebels and was assumed dead but maybe he's just dressed like him or maybe he's the same person we don't know but he clearly, he wields a red lightsaber unlike the other two who wield an orange one but he's clearly aligned with them somehow but not it's weird because you see like Mark uh, bailing and that together it's like Oh, it's always a master and an apprentice, but now you've got this third lightsaber wielder.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this character fits in, and why we're not, is there a reason we're not seeing his face? Is it going to be somebody we perhaps know under there, or is it just going to be a cannon fodder type villain that'll get killed off eventually, but uh, he's, survived, he's surviving so far, and does look reasonably formidable.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, he does manage to hold his own when we see him in the second episode. I did wonder if he was going to get quickly dispatched mm. of in the second episode, but he managed to, to survive that one. But uh, Shen is basically sent to, to Lothal to look for Sabine Renes. They assume that that's where I'll so lead them to Soga and the, the map that they've got. And she's right because she does find Sabine who has unlocked? Like the map, she finds out. Like we kind of turn it a certain way, which will open up into a map to where where they need to look. And before she can probably make a memory of it, she's attacked by those same droids. One of them she dispatches, but the other one manages to grab the. Not only grabs the map, it starts shooting up all her equipment and everything as well. And it takes it takes the the map to to Shin.
1: Yeah, we, we also see a, a, a bit of a scene that I've seen on Twitter that's sort of remi- remissant of Star so Wars Episode 1 when Maul sends a little um, sort Oof. of, um, what, what would you call it? Uh, uh, the, like the probe droids. Yeah, probe droids. Uh, and oh. and, and, and it's a similar scene where the probe droids, um, Shin, Shin Hattie sends like, mm-hmm. a, probe, uh, a probe droid off to, to do some recon. So so that that was quite cool. There's quite a few little callbacks uh, and yeah. that to old Star Wars um, things, which is quite cool. But it also fits in with the story as well. It's not just there to, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, look at this little callback. It sort of all works.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is probably down to to Dave Filoni, as we know, the main showrunner behind this. He direct, wrote and directed the first episode. Yeah, he didn't direct the same episode, he did write it, though. Uh, and he is a big level, I think, for the prequels as well. He has t- talked about it in long form and everything about why he appreciates the prequels and what they were trying to do, and also he's used all of that to help, for help inspire him through the Clone Wars series that he worked on, and also he's helped expand that universe and a lot of people said that it seems like Dave Filoni understands George Lucas' vision better than George Lucas ever did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all these people, cool, like, callbacks is probably not accidental when Dave Filoni's at the helm.
1: Yeah, well, he's a proper fan, which probably helps, doesn't it? So you yeah. sort of see things from a different view than uh, the sort of creator. But as you were saying, yeah, Supreme Ren, uh she chases after the droids in the map, and she's forced to confront Shin um, um And they have a bit of a lightsaber duel. That she has um, as a result of lightsaber, and mm-hmm. she's she's clearly she's clearly completely outmatched. Even though she kind of holds her own, but you can you can sort of see she's she's outmatched by Shin.
0: Yeah, definitely. And got on the the thing. It's it's good that you, they've got people like Kim there people who. Like are trusted enough by like Lucas and everything who have been notoriously sometimes difficult when it comes to interfering with certain directors' visions, But also is trusted enough by fans because he himself is a fan that he can deliver something that satisfies both sides. But yeah, then you get this fight here, which is that, oh, we're getting this kind of late super confrontation just so early on. Like it, I know there are clips in the trailer of her mm. wheeling El- Ezra's laser, but I don't think we get it in the first episode. Uh but she yeah, like you said, she does seem to hold last for quite a while, but and she manages all until you know right before Ahsoka gets there. But jeez. pretty much on the it seems like she's on the back foot for the most of this fight. And a lot of it I remember watching this and thinking this should have been a lot more what it was like when Kylo Ren fought against like Finn and then Force Awakens. Yeah. Other
1: than yeah, this is a bit clunky. and it's but I, I, it's pre- it's not the greatest lightsaber battle you're ever going to see, but I think that's because they're both sort of inexperienced warriors, I mean, especially Supreme Ranch, she's admitted she hasn't picked up a lightsaber for quite some time, so she's obviously not going to be a, a refined um, lightsaber master, and um, we don't know how far along she is in her training, so she could be quite a, a raw sort of Talent herself, so it's not going to be a, a classic battle for the ages. But whatever, like, a duel they do, it'll always be better than the first one in uh, episode four between Vader and an old Obi Wan,
0: yeah. Uh, like, because this wasn't going to be like a bit of the it wasn't going to be as like choreographed as that. But like, mm. it's, it's clearly like you said, somebody who's a lot further along in their training who's still alongside their master, whereas we've got one who gave up their training somehow, and walked away from theirs, and so, like I said, it should have been, like, it should have been what the day they're fighting in episode 7 was like, because, yeah, Rey is meant to secretly be this great Jedi, and she becomes it across that sequel trilogy, so that was the hope, but if she was already so great that she could out <laughs> outlast like, Kylo and that thing, even though Kylo didn't complete his training either, then, like, where where further is it she can go? She can clearly already beat, defeat one of the main bad guys. Where, what more training does she actually need from, like, Skywalker? <laughs> Whereas here, like it's a case of like, it's not choreographed because one of them is not properly and the other one's not basically like, oh, I'm fucking, just basically putting up a, bit of a fight, whereas like, until they get to the point, like, I'm tired of this and just, just her through, like, it was very much almost a Qui-Gon-esque moment, the way she was mm. just, just puts her down. And a lot of people, I think some cop jokes online saying like, wow, I wish Qui-Gon, a bit Qui-Gon somewhere as a forceful thing, he was born a bit later when they see how easily they they saved Sabina as opposed to him after he got stabbed.
1: Oh uh, yeah, but you—you you probably they—they stabbed in different sort of places. I mean, Fingy, mm-hmm. um, hes sort of right through the right through the middle of mm-hmm. um, of this cuts or whatever when choir gun's taken that butt off more, but it's more to the more to the side and I assume missing any vital organs and yeah, this is what, twenty, thirty years prior, mm-hmm. more than that. So, you know, but you imagine there's been quite a lot of medical advances since then <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm i happy that the, the like you said, the the later choreography not being it's crisp in this one no it shouldn't and, you And know, like before, you know, before like, he said she was fighting robots so there is or there's lightsaber that we get in the second episodes with her against a droid and, and ahsoka versus manic and one of those droids i thought it was a lot better especially mm. when you get the thing where medic uses one part and then he just to say all right then actually takes the droid it, it it takes out the same thing and does a full-on like spin on the lightsaber I mean, remaining like yeah this has this guy at least fights like an inquisitor even if he has not officially won
1: yeah, he does. He does a sort of Darth Maul from episode one, and um, <laughs> suddenly reveals that it's a dual-edged lightsaber.
0: And then, like I said, I was worried that she would take him out fairly easily because you remember that that in mm. Tales of the Jedi, when there's an Inquisitor again, voiced by I think Clancy Brown, where he just where she just very easily takes him down without even using her own weapons. She just uses his and takes him out. So I was worried that Matic was going to get that treatment here. <laughs>
1: No, I quite. I mean, we've jumped a fair a fair way yeah. ahead here, but the other way, he sort of throws the lightsaber at her, distracting her while he gets away, and then when he's safely on the ship with Shin, he he holds his hands out and he just catches his his lightsaber.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm keeping it along the path of the lightsaber thing, which is why I went so far ahead. But yeah, yeah. You know, Wizards have done it where, like, I've seen those examples in animation of, because they're spinning the lightsaber around and they mm. can kind of float away really briefly, which is cool. But yeah, it was Boom. still a shock. Sorry.
1: As I say, boomerang lightsabers are clearly the future. <laughs>
0: yeah, we had the double sided, we had the kind of handle ones in the prequels, and now we've got this one. You know, they're innovating all the time. But uh, as I was saying, it was still a shock to see like Sabine gets stabbed like mm. seemingly so brutally because we knew she was still there's still much more for do during the series given the trailers and everything and they wouldn't have killed off such an important character in the first episode but it was still a shock especially as how they ended it and maybe that ending would have had more of an impact if we had to wait a week but in this case they're like ah we're only joking she's not dead as they go right into the second episode.
1: Well, you knew she wasn't going to be dead because in the trailers you'd see her short hair, and she hadn't got the short hair yet. So, yeah. she she was clearly going to survive. Mm-hmm. So, it's pr- probably why they they bolted, you know, probably why they bolted the two episodes together in a way to well, they had these double episode premieres, but you, you knew she wasn't any in any real danger of uh, of dying. Mm-hmm
0: and then we go to the next episode it's called toil and trouble uh also written by dave led this time directed by steph green who worked on the bigger boba fett uh yeah he, he, he directed the second episodes of both which is mostly the mostly dedicated to him and the, the tribe uh of like tuscan rares that he was with like i he said that like, they have little like episodes you jumped on disney Plus. i to say earlier they do this with like Marvel stuff, where like they're advertising a new edition of a Marvel character like where it's a Disney Plus series, or like the film that they're in. The latest film that they're in is coming to Disney Plus. They then show like they have a role dedicated to other things involving that character. Like, here's another film that they cameoed in in the MCU and stuff <laughs> like that. And they were doing it with Ahsoka, where one of the suggestions at the top of Net- of their uh, Disney Plus was pick Boba Fett, and it comes up Ahsoka. Basically, says Ahsoka, here's an episode six.
1: it'd be funny if episode episode it's I'd actually I'd actually laugh and I'd go on to Twitter and wait for the outrage
0: (laughs) yeah uh, that's the episode and they picked up pretty much immediately with Mm. in the hospital with a I mean they got a hologram of of her there as well and they're just kind of watching over her and she talks about how she kind of opened the map but then get a chance to make a record of her which kind of annoys Ahsoka for the most mm. part.
1: Yeah, and she says she wants to help and she gets the I think you've done enough line.
0: Mm. It's very much uh, along the same lines of I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Mm, mm, mm. We all know that thing. But yeah, it's. it's okay. So then starts looking around and it seems like loved for where she, anything that may be important. But then one of the droids fucking jumps down on her knees because you can see something dangling in the background. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And all of a sudden it's there and she's, she immediately like cuts its head off like, I, knew, I thought you'd be here. Yeah,
1: there was uh, they left one behind,
0: and then they, they hope that Sabine can like use its head, to, like recover something from its memory core. But it starts overheating before she can get anything properly like from it, because uh, the cause the droid voice by the attendant kind of panics and fills mm. <laughs> the pl- pulls the plug when it starts overheating.
1: It's overheating. It's gonna overheat.
0: It's <laughs> <overheating>. <laughs> I remember like there was a bit where Hera says, "Oh." You know, I think we should go over, and the droid turns around. And goes, that's because you're a hologram. You're far away. We, we could all get blown <laughs> up
1: here. Just <laughs> <laughs> make a fair point.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah. uh, then she basically gets. After that, she kind of gets left behind. Uh, they do mention that the droid was from a certain planet, uh, where something like droid, like some factory, and. A different planet called Corellia, and imagine that Morgan Ellsworth had like a factory there. So, it's has of a connection that she was using that factory to help make these droids. So, her and Hera decide to go and team up and leave Sabine behind. Where well, while Sabine has a bit of a heart-to-heart with the uh, with the droid. The droid kind of encourages her to get back to the training,
1: even though he'd, he says she's got no force abilities.
0: <laughs> wait 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 the the encouragement? <laughs> Yeah, she pretty much doesn't see like well, she was good like the like wielding a saber, like she was good at wielding the dark saber and the in the cartoon, but she's clearly not as much connection of anything to the force like other pad ones have. And then she makes she gives like some reason like about her how her, her and Ahsoka were when she was training, like, well, like, I haven't trained in a while it's been a while since i goes, That is an excuse and a paw on a that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and sort of said some about. It. I can honestly say that of all the force wielders I've been around, they've you've by far the least or
0: something. <laughs> yeah, but he said that it should not stop her from like giving up. Basically, like, encourages her to keep going, keep her training. Uh, and at the same time, you've got uh, Morgan Ells are basically showing them the map they they fight they got for because now it's been open and shown her exactly where they're gonna get where they're gonna get thrawn and basically they mentioned that Marek's on a task and Shen's been sent to make sure he completes it which is important for them getting the thrawn back which he's trying to steal some sort of hyperdrive core which apparently they need to help open the portal to, to get to Thrawn.
1: Yeah um so what what we thought in the trailers was um the Will world Between Wheels we now know was actually um, the way they sort of projected the map, um, yeah. on these ruins and yeah, the pinpoints where um, they think Fra Fraun will be and yeah, where where Marek and Shinna are going is coincidentally where Hera and um, <laughs> Ahsoka Ahsoka are and they're touring this factory and he's sort of saying well you know um, we've still got all the old people that were there what all the old imperials well if we didn't we wouldn't be able to run you know you don't turn an empire into a um, what do do we call it a a republic overnight (laughs) and they're finding all these anomalies and he's got like an answer for them and well, where, where's this big hyperdrive thing going? Oh, wait, let me have a classified. And <laughs> I'm a general, nothing's classified to me. And then it starts, it starts, um, the ship starts taking it away and they're trying to stop it and then eventually someone cracks and shoots shouting, for the Empire! <laughs> yeah. Well, do
0: you think, there is any of that weird episode from Mandalorian where Mm. Yeah, that whole amnesty programme and everything, expanders yeah, you know, kind of working their way into a uh, and the, being made part of the new Republic and everything. And yeah, like you said, the guy's got like an answer for everything. He's talking about oh, yeah, well they don't have loyalty to anyone except money, they like getting paid. And on the one hand they say like, Oh, these guys were imperial, yeah, but they worked on these kind of ships and so you're repurposing them for public use. to people who you, who are, who work on used to work on and had the skills so there's a reason they probably kept it out even though, you know, quite Stupidly a lot of them were wrong and this is one of several mistakes they'd never like, clearly made before, before the start of the sequel trilogy and the new the first order started. But yeah. Remember you kinda of laughed off the idea of like them having like assassin droids anywhere in the facility and then that we like red safe EPOS unit went like, oh, I have okay. seen one. It stopped me from committing a tick. <laughs> I had clearance, so I didn't think of anything. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't well, I wasn't allowed to do anything because uh, yeah, I had had clearance and it is sort of true to real life. I mean, yes, they they sort of defeated the empire and and the emperor, but it, these these sort of things aren't just going to go away. And loyalists and sympathizers and diehards aren't just going to just going to disappear without a trace. Especially if, if they're stupid enough to keep them on the factory. And be like, no, yeah, yeah, we we're, we're the we 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 never liked them anyway. <laughs> Palpata- Palpatine? Never liked. Um,
0: hmm. I guess they assume that most of them they recruit are maybe especially the lawyer, people are like ah, oh, they probably don't have much idea. They're probably just following orders because they had to we, we pay them enough. They'll they'll happily work for the Republic now. Hmm. Hmm. Good <laughs> mention also. So I don't know how the cyber drive thing is gonna help them find them. But the way they were setting it up at the end of the so where they were installing it. I'm yeah, they're still
1: in it. it into, I think it's going to be some sort. Of, I think it's some ship that's under construction, and the hyperdrive is obviously the main part. So um, they can go, you know, they can go into hyperdrive and get to where um, Thrawn's going to be. That's that's what I'm assuming anyway. So. Yeah. Um, that makes sense but we sort of see that cool bit in the trailer don't we where um ahsoka uses a lightsaber to smash through the glass and, and jump down to to chase after the, the ship but as you say that Marek is there with some droids and and they have a bit of a duel while um her and chopper chase after the chase after the ship and she knows the ship starts firing on them and she knows she can't chase it or att- attack it back so they have to throw a, um, a tracking beam on it and she says make sure you hit get it this time chopper
0: <laughs> yeah because i remember chopper like popped up briefly in the trailer and then he he popped up here when they they're not the ghost that they had the phantom which was like the mini <laughs> ship inside the they used to have inside the ghost which was the main ship in rebels and chopper there and do that having a little back and forth i think chopper much like he was in the cartoon, is voiced and voice, I say loosely, basically make noises by uh, by Dave Filoni and this. Uh, and yeah, they're little back and forth. You know, you can't understand, you can kind of guess what they're talking about. And he's mm-hmm. looking through his stuff like, no, I didn't go through your stuff. Like, He's looking for his tracker. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Have you <laughs> Have tried knocking under the battery or something?
0: <laughs> yeah. And I imagine, I love how he waves his arm, even your like, arm, draw your arms about when he gets it, when he, he's so happy with himself. And also shows the experience of, of American and Shin, because, they're like, oh no, we they couldn't have tra- couldn't have tracked us here. We made a clean escape. <laughs> but uh, little do they know that they haven't and uh, Morgan Elder was going on and put something called the ISI on which is gonna open and which is the key to, to finding Thrawn. But yeah, I like the back and forth between Ahsoka and and especially with the droid here, because you've got both our lights there with John the two white lights they were and I was using one to help fend off Marek and one to fend off like the the droid and quickly and just to take apart the droid, Marek just doesn't give a fuck about the droid he quickly.
1: No.
0: <laughs> quickly just moves on and starts using both sides of his lightsaber and yeah, does the bit where he throws it in order to <laughs> I also really love how they set up this the big this bit here with the them trying to track down that shit because like what happened to the cyberdrive core there's a droid assassin droid and the this assassin droid was looking at and the three like feedback goes, Oh, I believe it's leaving on that transport over there. <laughs> And then we do see a bunch of people from the factory, including the guy that was taking them around, all getting arrested at the end.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So it looks um, indignant, doesn't it, as he's getting uh, led onto the shit in handcuffs.
0: (laughs) uh, So they're strapped and they know where they're going and we get a scene where, out of the hospital, uh, Sabine uh, digs out her old Mandalorian armour and cleans up a little bit Cuts our hair. I know here Dexter he, is. Here
1: he is for his pod cameo. <laughs> no, not doing it without me, he's saying. <laughs> 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 oh
0: yes again. Like we're almost done with the episode, Dexter, enough.
1: <laughs> De- if Dexter is the chopper to our soaker and stream run, <laughs> isn't it? Got to be.
0: He overheard what you said earlier on about the, the, the little cabbie and <laughs> started like, no, I'm the here and here. Um, <connais> yeah.
1: Not so damn cat, damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not even real, it's CGI, know. <laughs> yeah, Sabine cutting her hair and kind of redonning her her Mandalorian mm. armor looking kind of like retaking t- re- the look that she had and the TNT And again very... <laughs> Accurate, yes, I know, Dexter. I agree, very accurate to the <laughs> colours. And then you sent me that clip earlier on of this like ending mm. scene of her looking at Mary in the mural and reuniting with the getting ready to to go out and finally find Ezra and you know follow this tracker that they place. Is very reminiscent, almost beat for beat, like the pretty final much, scene, around it? Yeah,
1: apart from the isn't holding like a staff thing. There's 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 pretty much identical.
0: Yeah, very much, and. So, as always, they're about to go much on the same adventure. Finally, they finish this. You know, like Cody Rhodes, Dave Filoni is going to finish the story <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and have them find Ezra. And I'm wondering, well, I'm wondering here with the whole thing with the eye and everything. Like We've got eight episodes of the series and the way they seem almost prepped to, uh, to find Thrawn. I'm wondering if, I'm assuming it'll be episode three or even some point at the end of episode four. By then, that's when we'll finally get thrown in the series. Because it has to be some point in the next episode or so where they have there's that duel that's teased between Balin and Ahsoka. Because you see the background, in the trailer, and you see this episode's clearly at those same ruins where Oregon and showed them the map after they retrieved it. Um, so she clearly yeah. really gets there right before they're about to Throw in. Basically, Balin's trying to stop them.
1: Yeah, I think I think we will get that perhaps in the next episode that confrontation. And El Elspeth does tell him that uh, he needs to kill a So and he said it's be such a shame. There are so few Jedi. left and she says, getting sentimental. He says, no, just the truth.
0: Because like, there's that point from the trailer where like where she where and what happens when we find Thrawn, and he mm. kind of expand And goes for some. You know, a new era, or sort of some war, for us, power beyond anything you can imagine.
1: Uh, I do wonder if something's going to happen to one of them before we get um, to the end. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if when if when Thrawn shows up because he's obviously going to be the new big bad. Uh, if every if all the all the villains um, make it. To that point in one piece, but we'll, we'll have to see. But I think it's the right decision not to bring Thrawn in too soon. Um, yeah, uh, you'll you'll get a nice like four or five episode arc. Uh, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think maybe by the end, it'll be like whenever when he does return. I, I say it'll probably be like the final shot you see of whatever episode it's in. To leave the big cliff of oh Thrawn's back. Right, to what happened? Tune in next week to see what he does.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it Probably will be something like that, won't it? Yeah.
0: So yeah, I so see yeah, by three or episode three or even episode four at the because 'cause you've got like eight episodes because you gotta see him try and implement his plan. Even then you don't you you know for certain they probably won't definitively stop throwing by the end of the series if the word is to be believed about this eventual crossover movie they want to do with Thrawn as a big bad of that. So, so what Thrawn does is gonna set the groundwork for whatever he's he's up to in that movie. When they get round to it in a few years time but yeah i wouldn't be surprised if and or shenner was well, one of those two one of their allegiances changes by the end of the series
1: yeah exactly and unfortunately we know balen scroll isn't going to get beyond um this series unfortunately as we we lost um ray stevenson who got a nice little tribute at the end of the first episode where it mm-hmm. said um dedicated to our friend ray so that was nice
0: Hmm. Yeah, nice. I mean, I'm hoping whatever happens to him, if he's killed or or he survives the end of the events of the series, that nothing about what has happens to his character was had to be changed because of his death. And he, it was basically mm-hmm. as they planned because you hate for that to happen, where they had to sadly kill off uh, a character, or write them out because of the sad passing of of the actor between them. But it has happened before in the past, and the shame because you would have loved to have seen. Even by these first 3 episodes, I would love to see much more of this character beyond yeah. this series. I feel like yeah. I'm going to miss him, like going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, if this is to be his um, the, the last thing he filmed, which it, it looks like it probably is, he's certainly done himself and his legacy pride, because um, so far his performance has been spot on.
0: Uh, I don't know if I'm getting into spoiler territory, but also uh, when this on episodes of, as I said, a plus series there and the T's and X one, they don't show you a lot of new stuff but they throw in the odd like brief or a new voice clip in there. And I saw one on Instagram after I watched these episodes of I think a repeats about the Anakin Spark Carly view, you bit which you may me assume that he's that that feud, that duel is coming at some point in the next episode. But then they showed that footage of Keane Christian that they showed in Obi One, the when he was dueling with with Obi Wan. And then you hear a few voice clips of what's clearly Hayden Christensen the clips sound fairly new so those talks of his cameo seem uh, like that's coming sooner rather than later
1: yeah yeah that'd be cool and something to look forward to i got that like, engrossed into these episodes i actually forgot that he is supposed to be cameo in at some point which will which yeah. will be cool
0: and i'm assuming There'll be uh, a crucial thing between her and Sabine, where again they may be falling out, and somehow she has a flashback to a similar situation, or a falling out an argument she had with Anakin from back in the day, or maybe he'll appear to her somehow to basically give her advice, because also this is after he, he sacrificed himself to kill the Emperor, so this is after he's been redeemed at the events of Return of the Jedi.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw, uh, as you say, Return of the Jedi, that uh, he can be a Force ghost, and it'll make even more sense now that it got switched to Aiden <laughs> Christian if he if he does come back as a for, Force ghost to uh, counsel um, Ahsoka like um, Obi-Wan did for for Luke. So well, I mm-hmm. think that could be the most likely um, scenario how he comes into it. but uh, But we shall see.
0: Yes, definitely. I remember the story. I know that replacing whoever it was that appeared, I don't even know, you know who they got, and uh, they even named the actor who just appeared as an Anakin, because also by that point, no one knew it, Anakin looked like under the, the mask at the end of, when they first brought out Return of the Jedi, and then they replaced it with Hayden Christensen afterwards. Christensen was even told when he was filming his little bit for that special edition that that's what they were doing. <laughs> he was just told to stand there, look like happy or whatever, <laughs> and then found it later on oh yeah they use that but they filmed you and they just inserted you into this this bit from Return of the Jedi aye
1: well there we go I think it makes more sense because the other guy was only in it for a brief few minutes and under a lot of makeup because he was burned I mean if you can come back as a floor ghost and choose what you look like you'd want to you want to come back when you were looking <laughs> your best wouldn't you yeah
0: <laughs> yeah but Carl if you had to give a rating for these two episodes of Ahsoka, what would you give them?
1: I'm um, I'm gonna go um ten out of ten for both episodes, even if the even if the lightsaber action was a bit clunky.
0: Are <laughs> oh, you yeah. you're never gonna let that go, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. I say ten out of ten for first one maybe a 9.5 for the second one. Yes, I'm being pernickety, but I don't know, maybe I enjoyed the first one a little bit more. But there was a lot of stuff to enjoy and the second one and, you know, more um, a day. Well, like, I wasn't watching this battle, like, we agreed this is what Star Wars is. It's just, like, yes, it doesn't always need lightsaber wielders or force users and everything because there's been stuff in, like, Mando and then Rogue One and other things where you don't need force users to be, for it to be good. But this is, this is proper Star Wars. This is... More interesting than anything that happened in Andor.
1: (laughs) These episodes have been better than the whole series of Andor. I just don't get all these people that like it. Because these are the same people who don't like episode one. They said that was (laughs) boring. And it's the same sort of thing. I don't
0: get it. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I think I need to let that go eventually. I'll never understand. I just need to let it lie. But yeah, also very high on both our parts for, for this series because we were big fans of Isoka character and of course our other appearances in like media. So of course our opinion about this will be different from yours. But from what I've seen across the board is overwhelmingly positive reviews. This series has been getting just for its first two episodes but we want to hear from you. Let us no at rogue underscore opinions. And if you have any opinions that very, very disagree with ours please let us know at R Saunders (laughs) 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 whatever his handle is or or need be if you can't remember his handle at Harper Milo and send it to him and he'll pass it on. Teresa will pass it along to us so it goes along like a chain
1: or even Nathan Adler he's a big star, (laughs) the biggest Star Wars fan of all of us so uh, he he would love to hear your comments
0: (laughs) Uh. So, so, Carl. In the meantime, you've been doing quite a bit of uh, football content recently, haven't you? What do you want to tell the people about that?
1: I have, and I don't know why, because United are about to be shite again. But uh, yeah, you can catch uh, me, um, Liam, and uh, Nathan as we we taught last weekend some um, football results, mainly Arsenal uh, and United, and we. Um, yeah touch on the Mason Greenwood situation a little bit as well so um, if you want to listen to us discuss that, um, that yeah check us out on uh, Rogue Opinions
0: mm-hmm alright uh, uh, you can also find Carl at Carl underscore eighty and please for tell him that yes, you did find the the start the lights through our feet, because 'cause I'm sure <laughs> he'll happily discuss for you for hours and hours.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and <laughs> let him know your opinions about Sarah Hayek as well. <laughs> oh you're about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he really as a person. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scott 1986. As I said, Rogue Opinions, rogue underscore opinions on Twitter and or Instagram. Uh, you can find Scott and Balls Rampogas at SPRambling on Twitter where uh, uh, and on its so own podcast feed as well as Roger Bynes' feed. Both of those feeds are available. where you get your podcasts. Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean. Uh, on Scott and Balls, we've done some Frasier serving We've been doing some old SummerSlams. We've got a two-part thing of Summerslam 2004 which will soon be followed by a thing that's already mostly been recorded of SummerSlam 2002 I think we're going to round it off after I get back only with a review of SummerSlam 1998 so we getting some SummerSlam related stuff here uh, I didn't even mention the fact that the images of the new Frasier series have been popped out and I thought, my god Nicholas Linders has not aged well <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reese will be back eventually to talk about his wrong opinions about Ahsoka <laughs> hopefully he'll be turned around for the third episode And eventually, when we've all got the time and I'm back, uh, we will all get together to do another rant back where I believe the schedule calls for us doing a boys-related episode uh, which I suggested after the trailer came out for the spin-off series. I think it's coming out in about the end of September, so that's coming out fairly soon. So hope you enjoyed that and you know, bloody Grandad Morthrawn of Rogue Banes himself returns for that.
1: Damn right.
0: But you know. As as with podcasting, you know, arguing about Star Wars shows with Reese is not easy.
1: (laughs) It really isn't. Bye everybody. Bye
0: bye.